So, Clive's not here, but he has asked me to continue the same theme and style as him. I'm only happy to help. So we're going to crack on, we're going to wander around and find some people who I think might or might not have been listening over the last few weeks. Simon, what is the secret of the kingdom? Multiplication. Amen. Do we think that's right? We do. Okay. Hmm. Lee, what do we multiply? Seed, like growth and... The seed, okay, good. We're getting somewhere. What is the seed? Clay, you look so keen, like you might know that I'm not going to... This is what Clive does as well, right? So someone who looks like they know, we're not going to ask them. So hmm, we're going to come and make our way over this side. Colin, looking at your notes. Tell me, what is the seed? Well, it's repentance, living the supernatural, and multiplication. That almost, almost. What was the third one? Is pass it on. There you go. The, the voice in your ear is not the Holy Spirit. It's your lady wife. She's right. Pass it on to other people. Um, but there is obviously a lesson in there that, that your wife often does speak in the same words as the Holy Spirit. So um, let me find out. Give me. There's so many of these. It's fun, isn't it? So someone, give me a, a holler. Can anyone remember what your profession? Or <laughs> Right here, yeah, we're farmers, so Jesus is calling the church and his people to be farmers and farmer buddies. What are we looking for? Um, I wasn't at the preach. Oh, okay, right. Now, I've noticed this a few times. Let me just hammer on people a little bit. We put our messages online. When Karis and I were in Miami, we tuned in faithfully every week. Karis reminded me sometimes, but we listen to the messages because we don't want to miss what's going on. So don't miss it. You can get them online and stream them or you can download them as podcasts. And everyone is building on the one before, so don't miss them. If you, have, you know, when I cycle to work, I'm listening to the message, so I'm still thinking about it and getting it. So um, I'm having a bit of a pop at Nathan there. I'll have to apologise later. But the, what are we looking for? Who, who can help me with this, Anthony? Do you remember what we're looking for? Uh, we're looking for growth. Then we're looking for Repentance. There's definitely some good stuff here. Good soil we've got from the front. Yes, there we go. We're looking for good soil. Uh, thank you very much. Good job, team. So, yeah, we're looking for good soil. And in a minute, we're going to read this passage once again. But let me just say that last week, where we looked at the problem of the path, we've got some vases here. We'll leave them out for later so we can look at them. We've got some good soil at the back, quality compost from the garden centre. Um, we've got over here the, the paths have trodden down and squashed up. And we've, uh, we've got the rocky ground as well. We'll get onto the rocky ground next week. Um, but really, last week, the problem of the path, it felt like God took us in a particular direction to look at what goes on in our hearts and the hearts of people around us. And Clive really received that picture that People's lives can feel quite downtrodden, pressed down, pressed upon. That's how a path was formed in, in those times. And that was almost the picture of how it is with our hearts, sometimes our own hearts and sometimes the hearts of people that we encounter in our daily walk and in our city and so on. They can feel pressed down. And as a result, we find there's, like, there's that barrier when we want to share the good news and witness and tell them how good it is to be a Christian, how good it is to know Jesus. <laughs> 
we feel there's a hardness that we come up against in people's hearts. And so we really unpacked last week what a, an amazing thing, thing it is to pray into that and see breakthrough in people's hearts. And I trust we've had opportunity to do that over this week. And where last week we felt that actually the message was so much about people's hearts, this week, my conviction is that the message that Jesus is sharing in this parable, the thorns, is about what goes on in here, in our minds. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're talking with someone, um, maybe you're talking to your housemate, or your brother or your sister, or someone at work, and you kind of, they're talking, and you're looking at them, and you're thinking, what is going on in there? What? Your boss comes up to you and starts telling you about something, and you're like, what is going on in your head? Or maybe... Sometimes you might look in the mirror and look at yourself and you're like, you know, why did I say that thing? Why did I do that? Why did I react like that? What is going on in here? So just do me a favor, grab, grab your neighbor, look deep into their ear, <laughs> and just say, what, what is going on in them? What is going on in there? And by the grace of God, we'll read what Jesus says about all this with the thorns this week. And we trust that will give us some insight into ourselves, into what goes on in our own minds, and also the people that we're sharing with, talking with, you know, sometimes looking to win. What is going on in people's thinking? And how does our gospel, how does what Jesus have to say speak to that? So we're going to read the passage again this morning. any moment. And I'm going to read from Mark chapter 4. So we've got Mark's account of this. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprung up quickly. The soil was shallow. But when the sun came out, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on some good soil, and it came up, it grew, it produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked about these parables, and he told them, ah, the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? Well, how will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed on the path where the word's sown, and as soon as they hear it, Satan comes, takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in, choke the word, making it unfruitful. Ah, but others, others like seed sown on good soil, 
Everyone say good soil, just so I know you're with me. Good soil. They hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Amen. Well, Father, we pray for your help this morning. Holy Spirit, come, draw more, more, more out of this word. Help us understand our own thinking. Move us on and help us be those who can sow into the lives of others, change the thinking of others and bear fruit in this city for you. Amen. Amen. First of all, let me just ask my wife to bring me a drink because... When I said the word 30 there, I knew it was just uh, my bottle was there, my love. I'll get it. Sorry. Sorry. Um, when, when I said some, some grew a crop 30 times, I nearly said 30, which shows you what I'm thinking. I'm thirsty. Okay. The first thing I want us to really get straight in our thinking is Jesus is very specific in the words that he uses. And he very specifically says, thorns. Okay, so the first thing I want us to get our um, ears tuned into is that he says thorns. Most of us will probably spend more time in the city than in the countryside. So, you know, you might kind of go, oh, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, weed, thorn, it's all the same, isn't it? Well, no. So let's just try and bring that to life, okay? Right, let's find somebody here. I just want to present you with a big box of weeds. Would you like to just grab a few out? Hold them up. We can show those around. Grab a few. Big handful. Let's show everybody. So here we've got some weeds. How, how do we feel about grabbing them? Okay, no problem. It's easy peasy. We've got the weeds. Okay, we can keep passing the weeds around. Okay, so we've got some weeds. That's fine. It's no problem. What's inside? Box number two. Okay, here we have some thorns. Do you mind just like a nice big handful of thorns for me? No. Just... Just big as you like. Get as many in one handful as you want. No, does no one want? Can, come on, someone's going to help me with it. Just grab a big. No one's loving that idea. Okay. Why not? It's the same. Weeds thought it's the same, right? They're not the same. Oh my! So we get it, right? So weeds. <laughs> this this carpet's going to be covered in weeds. Weeds are easy, right? Weeds are they're a pain. They might kind of pull the crop down. They might take some of the you know, nourishment from the soil. But we kind of tune into our farming way of thinking, put on your you know, spiritual wellies, and you think, actually, thorns are a different kind of problem. Thorns are spiky. Thorns are nasty. Thorns are going to scratch you. Thorns are going to catch at you. They're going to grab you and drag you. And you know, if a farmer sees thorns in his field, he kind of knows, well, weeds are one thing. Weeds are inconvenient. Weeds are a bit of a problem, but thorns means war. You know, he knows he's going to have to go to war on these things. And the thing about thorns is, I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you've been scratched by a thorn and you just get a tiny little bit stuck in you still. Have you ever had that? We've got a, a kind of a prickly bush out of the front of our house. And when we first moved in, I was happily chopping away at it and you know, grabbed some of the uh, leaves and branches up to put them in the bin and spiked myself and this tight like tiny little thing you know a couple of millimeters long got lodged somewhere in me and you find yourself how can something so small cause so much pain 
kind of lodged somewhere in me. And you're just walking along and going through everyday life, but you're sort of just conscious. If you had that, you've got spiked like that, you're kind of conscious of this ache somewhere caused by something, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny thing compared to what you are. So when a farmer sees thorns in his field, he knows he's got a real problem. He's going to have to attack. He's going to put on his weapons of war. You know, he's going to put on the thickest gloves he can find, old clothes, wellies, boots, whatever it is. He's going to get his weapons of war. He's going to get the big shears, the ones with the long handles. You know, he's going to do it like this. And he's going to attack these things and take them on. But he knows he might pick up a few scratches, scrapes, and blows in the process. Warns mean, warns? Thorns mean war. The farmers kind of know that. Jesus' audience, they would have been farmers or they would have been, you know, families of farmers. They'd have got the difference between thorns and weeds. They'd have understood there's an element of danger, of risk, a real problem to be dealt with when we're talking about thorns. So I just want us to kind of switch onto that, you know, bring that to life for us because that's the level of seriousness that Jesus was expecting this message to land with with the people he was talking to. So I want it to land with that same kind of level of seriousness of, you know, we're going to war on this thing. I want that to land with us as well. Jesus' audience were farmers. They were also Jewish farmers. And I believe that when he spoke in this particular way, the way he told the parable was not just designed to draw to mind thorns and spikes and the hardships and pain that that can bring, but also specifically to draw to mind of his Jewish hearers the first time that thorns are mentioned in the Bible, just after the Garden of Eden. And I'd love to share some of my reflections on that in more detail because I'm a geek and I get interested in word patterns and all of that sort of thing, but um, I won't because most people don't get into that. But if you want to talk to me about it, come and see me afterwards. But I'm looking at the way Jesus speaks and the words he uses. It's got really strong echoes of that first set of thorns just after the Garden of Eden. So we, many of us will know the story. God created the whole universe, the world, everything. Created man, put him in the garden, created woman, said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eve ate from the tree, Adam ate from the tree. God says to them, well, you've done this now. You're going to have to leave the garden And then he speaks really specifically to them. And I want to get this right, just so reading from the text. Genesis chapter 3. God speaks to them. He says, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat food from it. You will grow food from it, but it's going to be painful. All the days of your life, the ground will produce thorns and thistles for you. Then you'll eat the plants of the field. So I'm convinced Jesus is very deliberately choosing his language and his imagery to draw that to mind with his Jewish hearers who would have known that the thorns represent frustration, not making progress in life, missing the favor of God, not walking in the full purpose that God had for them. There's a spiritual aspect that the Jewish hearers would have associated with the problem of thorns, getting bogged down in the wrong thing, painful toil, wanting to go from point A 
to point B as quickly as possible, but being dragged back and held back and frustrated in toil, in back-breaking labor. Thorns choking you, stopping you from doing the very thing in life that you want to be able to do. All of that is wrapped up in the Garden of Eden, the thorns that God spoke about, and the language that Jesus uses when he's speaking to his Jewish audience in that time. So for us, I want us to really understand that thorns are serious. Thorns are a real problem. Jesus' first audience would have really got that, seen the seriousness of it, and wanted to react to it. So I want to get that into our thinking and help us shape that up in our thinking as well. So we move on into specifically how Jesus unpacks these thorns. Thorns are the picture of the problem, the image, the concept, the setup. Then he goes on to talk about, well, specifically, what are those thorns in our lives? And so my reading of this, I'm convinced that he's talking about thought patterns and the way that we think, what goes on in here. So Jesus says those thorns are worries, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things. And when you look at those, each of those is related to something that happens, a thought pattern, a way of perceiving the world, of filtering and understanding the world around us. Worries. Worries about the things in life. Worry, thinking about the bad things that might happen. Worrying about what sort of person we are or what sort of person we think we're not. Worrying about the things we've done. Worrying about whether we're going to be able to do the things we want to do. Worrying about whether we'll find the right person in life. Worrying about whether people will like us. Worrying about whether anyone will want to marry us. Worrying about our finances. Worrying about our health. All of these things taking place in our mind. Worrying about our children's future. All of these things, processes, thoughts, going round and round and round. And when we start thinking in worry, if anyone's ever had a worry, and I'm sure all of us have at some point, you know it can be very circular, going round and round and round. And this image of trying to get from point A to point B, but being choked and dragged back by this thing that's snatching at you, catching at you, that you just feel like you can't quite get away from. That's an incredible picture of worry. And it's all going on up here. Jesus also warns about the deceitfulness of wealth. And I feel I want to be really clear on this point. Jesus is not warning about wealth the Bible, in the Bible, wealth just is. Wealth isn't good, wealth isn't bad, it just is. The problem is what we think about wealth. Jesus doesn't say the problem of wealth, he says the problem is the deceitfulness of wealth. So I want to be really clear that you know, I pray for the guys in my cell, my disciples, I pray for them to be wealthy. I pray for them to prosper in their finances. I also pray for them to be humble, to be wise, to be kind, to be generous, to be servant-hearted, to be thoughtful, sweet to their wives, to show up on time for every meeting. But I do pray for them to be wealthy as well, to prosper in their finances. There's nothing wrong with wealth, but it's the deceitfulness of wealth. This thought that if I could just achieve this, if I could just buy that thing, If I could just spend wealth on this holiday, if I could just go on this event, if I could just have money to do this, if I could have this kind of lifestyle with my wealth, then I'd be satisfied. That would fulfill me as a person. Jesus says that kind of thinking is deceitful. It's a thorn. It's a cycle. It'll choke the life of God out of you. 
Jesus also says the desires for other things. And the word that is in the Greek New Testament, it, it just means stuff. I'm not really sure, it's not a very technical translation, but I'm not really sure if there's a better way of describing it. It's just stuff, the stuff that goes on in life. And again, the problem isn't that everybody has stuff they have to do or that everybody has stuff that they're responsible for. You know, what, do you do, what did you do with your weekend? Oh, just some stuff I had to do. What are you up to this weekend? Oh, I've got some stuff I need to do. This kind of, oh, I've got to mow the lawn. I've got to do the garden. I've got to clean the house. I've got to pick the kids up. I've got to take the kids to this place. I've got to finish this essay. I've got to do this project. I need to send such and such an email. I need to sort the car insurance, the home insurance. There's just stuff that we have to do. And the problem is not the stuff. The problem is how we perceive it. The desire for other things. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to invest in that. I see myself doing this getting bogged down in it, valuing that and putting that as a higher priority than the seed of the kingdom that Jesus is sowing into our lives. That's the challenge. It's not the stuff. It's the thought process, how we go about doing this stuff, how we value this stuff. So I want to call on my volunteer, who I can't now see. Ah, Paul, will you come and help me with this? just want to kind of try and unpack how, how these thorns get hold of our lives and, and what that looks like. So Steve's just grabbing something for me here. Paul's very kindly volunteered to help me with this, and he doesn't know what's coming, so be kind to him afterwards, okay? So I want to introduce you to a few thorns that I prepared earlier. Have you ever put coat hangers in a bag to pack them? And no matter how carefully you line them up, and order them and make sure that they're ready to kind of go on your move or your holiday or whatever it is. They just tangle themselves up. And so I thought coat hangers are brilliant. They're doing it now, the little tinkers. Um, they're a brilliant picture of the thorns because they'll tangle you. And so, you know, we go through life and we have these thoughts and we say, you make a silly joke, right? There's nothing wrong with making a silly joke. But then you start to think about it and you say to yourself, why did I make that silly joke? Just going to catch on to you there. What was I thinking? I, al- I always do this. I'm always, I'm just, I can't keep my mouth shut. And I just make these silly jokes. And I'm just, I'm no good at meeting new people. I'm just not, I'm just not good at meeting new people. I, I think, I'm not a people person. I'm worrying about my jumper here. Yeah, that's a lot of worry. I'm just not a people person. Um, I'm, I'm really worried about that. And maybe... Maybe I'm not meant to be around people. Maybe I should just go and be a hermit. And, but maybe you know, people just don't like being with me. And what I'm really worried about is that, you know, that one special someone won't like being with me. And maybe I'll never find, like, that, that, that wife or that partner. And may, I'm worried about that. And I just... That was the jumper, right? Oh, dear. Or... Or you might say, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I've just got so much stuff going on in my life. I'm so busy. How am I going to cope? How am I going to cope? Because I'm just so busy and there's just so many things going on. And, uh, you know, my pastor wants me to be here and my cell leader wants me to be here, but my boss wants me to be here. And I'm, I'm just worried that there's just so many things going on in my life. I'm just not sure I can cope. Paul, you look fairly free, liberated, able to go through life. Hey, just go for a walk and see. Can you go for a little jog? 
And as you can see, when the the thorns of a wrong thinking are on you, you don't move that freely through life. There's another problem with the thorns because Paul wants to go and witness to one of his friends. So, Paul, can I have you up here just for a second? And so, Koshi's saying to Paul, Oh, you know, um, hey, come to, come to church. It would be really great. I can see that, you know, you should really enjoy coming to church sometime. Be like me. Yeah, that would be great. You could be just like me. And um, Corellia's over here says, oh, I just feel too busy to go to church, actually. Like, I kind, of, I kind of believe in God, to be honest. But I just feel like there's so many other things going on in my life. I just feel too busy. I don't know how you fit it all in. And Paul goes, I know. <laughs> it's hard. And, and the thorn in his life that you're meant to be helping with grabs hold of the thorn in your life that you've got a problem with and look where it's got him. Oh dear. Or, or he says, hey, um, come, on, come to my cell group. You'll really enjoy it. It'll be really good for you. And, and he says, do you know, the thing about like, going to a group like that, I just always feel like whoever's leading it just wants to get money out of me. And I, 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 like, I, kind, of, you know, I kind of believe in God, but like, I just... I just feel like the pastor or the cell leader, they're always, just, they're always just after my money. And Paul goes, I know. I'm really worried about my finances. And uh, like making rents a struggle sometimes. And, and, and the pastor wants me to give 10% of my income before tax to the church. And you drag him along a bit more, see what happens. And he's just, he's been, look, don't lose these ones because these were some old friends. You might want to, like there's just all kinds of things going on. And so the, the, thing, the thing about thorny thinking is that it, it really slows you down in life. And when you want to sow the seed into someone else's life, their thorns get hold of your thorns. And, well, it's, I mean, I don't mean to be unkind to them. They're a nice pair of guys, but it's just a mess. <laughs> Do you know what? Notice something else about the thorns. Jesus says they grow. Jesus says, again, really specific language. He says the, the seed thrown, uh, sown among thorns goes there. But the, the thorns grow up. And just look at how one little thought about, I'll just drag you along, how I made, you know, I made a silly joke attracted some additional thoughts about, I'm never going to be a people person, no one likes me, I might never find a wife. The thorns just really grew. That's an incredible picture that Jesus gives of how our thought life can go from something Seemingly quite small, but really sink in and get hold and drag us down. The very thing that we want to be able to do, we're stopped from doing because of the problem of the thorns. So the challenge for us in the first place is can we see any patterns of thinking that are thorny in our own lives? Can we see ways of looking at the world, worries, deceived by wealth, wrong wants, that are choking the life of God from us, that stop our witness being effective to those that we want to win, that we want to help break through in God. And if you can't see that yet, we trust that in the, in the cell meetings this week, we'll be following this up with some really practical, simple opportunities to talk some more about that, look at some things that's going on in the world, the top worries and concerns in the world, 
and really looking at how our attitudes are. Are we in line with that by accident or have we broken free from that by God's grace? So don't miss your cell meeting this week. We're going to really dig into this some more, get into this some more and help us in some more practical ways. But just right now, what do we do with Paul? Carillas, you can sit down, but I'm going to leave Mr. Koshy up here if that's okay. Sure. You look very comfortable. Not. I want to bring something else up because um, the thorns are such a great image. We see them first in the Garden of Eden. Jesus warns them, warns us about them again in our lives if we want to see the the seed of the kingdom grow and multiply. But the thorns come back in Mark's gospel. In Mark chapter 15, we read like this. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and they called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, and then they twisted together a crown of thorns, and they set it on him. They began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff. They spit on him, falling on their knees. They paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe. They put his own clothes on him. And then they led him out to crucify him. You know, when Jesus was crucified, they made him wear a crown of thorns. And we read very clearly, Mark records, that they took away the purple robe, but they left the crown of thorns. If you're looking for thorns, you shouldn't find them on the church. They shouldn't be on us. Jesus put his hand up for that one. This is an incredible picture of our frustrated circular, stuck, painful cycles of thinking, all carried by Jesus at the cross. You know, the soldiers probably thought, this is a brilliant idea. They probably thought it was hilarious. They probably thought they'd had this great idea for a, you know, a really ironic gag. This guy thinks he's the king of the Jews. We'll put the crown of thorns on him. That'll show him. That'll embarrass him. That'll humiliate him. And I don't know what it was like for Jesus in that moment as they put the thorns on him. You know, the the pain as each, we know that's sore. The shame being laughed at, they put it on, they, they weren't gentle, they laughed at him, they mocked him. But just wonder whether some part of him was saying, bring it on, bring it on. I'll take some more thorns, I'll take some more of that because I'm winning freedom for my people. I can see my church is going to need some help with their thinking. I can see my church needs to be fruitful. I can see my church needs to be set free in the way they think, in the patterns of living, in all that's going on in their minds. So bring it on. I'll have some more thoughts. Come on, give me some more of that. I'll see what I can do with the rest of these thorns. And at the cross, he went to the cross wearing the crown of thorns, but he did not keep the crown of thorns on him for very much longer because he broke through He broke through. And this is the picture for us this morning. This is for someone who has a pattern of thinking that they think they're stuck with. 
This is for someone who doesn't know if they can change the way they see themselves, who doesn't know if they can change the way they see the world, who doesn't know if they can be that person who's a people person, who doesn't know if they can change the memories they have from the experiences they wish they'd never gone through, who regrets the things they did and is stuck with the memories of the pornography they looked at but they should never have opened. This is for somebody who says, can my thinking change? Can my memories change? Can I be different in here? Can I bear fruit? And when we look at Jesus on the cross, we look at the crown of thorns, we can say the thorny thinking is on him and it's released from me. This is a word that says when we encounter people who are bogged down in their thinking, this is how we pray. We say, Jesus, you took that thinking on the cross. Take the power of that thinking out of that person's life. Break through for them in this moment. This is how we pray. And when someone comes to us and we say, hey, come to church with me. The meeting's going to be great. And they say, oh, I'm just worried. I'm, I'm too busy for that sort of thing. That's where you say, well, I used to think like that. I used to think I was too busy. But you know what? God set me free from so many worries. I've got more time. I've got more time to do the things I'm meant to do. I've got more patience for my family. So I have less time on arguments. I waste less time fighting. I have more time. Do you know what? I used to think I was too busy and church was going to make me a worse person at work. Some of my best ideas for work I've had in worship. In the prayer meeting, I had a great idea for something we could do. This is a real testimony, by the way. This is what happened to me one time. We were in worship in the youth one time, and I was thinking about my work from the week, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, you could do it like this. Can we get on now? And <laughs> honestly, and I, and I went and I wrote it down. I emailed myself in the office, and we did it over the course of the next week. We're not too busy. When God's in the mix, he breaks the thinking and we release. You know, someone says, I'm, I'm worried to come to church because I'm, my children won't sit still through the worship. Well, I used to think like that. But the Bible has so many practical things to say about how to bring up your children in a great way. And the way I've learned to pray for my children has changed their behavior. Really? Yeah. I used to think like that. But God's really met me in that time. I can't come to church. I'm really, you know, the pastor's always talking about money. He wants my finances. Yeah, you know, I used to think like that. I used to really worry about money. God set me free from that worry. Do you know, I haven't really had a pay rise, but I just worry less about money. God's done something in my finances and in my thinking about finances that means that there's a breakthrough, there's a change. I've got a whole freedom. I'm able, I feel just able to buy presents for my wife whenever she wants it. Really? Yeah. Your wife? Yeah. Are you crazy? Yes. <laughs> this is the exchange. This is the exchange. That at the cross, he wore the thorns. And it changes everything for our thinking. So look, this week, we want to work really practically in sales. We want to follow this up. We want to open up our mind and pop the bonnet, see what's going on in there with the engine do some engineering and close that thing up and send you on your way. But we can do this because there's spiritual power. There's an exchange. He broke the spiritual power behind our thinking and it releases us to live in a different way. So this morning, if you want to be as free as you can be in your thinking, in your mind, in what goes on up here, then stand with me and i 
want to really simply pray this truth over our lives. Do you know, I challenge you, I, I must have looked through 50, 100 pictures on Google Images to find a picture of Jesus on the cross without a crown of thorns. Artists get this. I don't know why, but this image has stuck in art through the ages. So you might be able to find one, but I looked through 50, 100 pictures, just, try, just this thought. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he had to give up the purple robe, but he kept the crown of thorns. What a breakthrough. And in this time, I I want us to see him there and believe that as he hung there, he broke the power in our thorny thinking. He broke the power of frustration. He broke the power of thought patterns that we think we're stuck with. He broke that spiritual power. And he released us to a different way of thinking to a dimension of thinking in faith, of seeing what the Bible says and believing that's true, that that's real, that that comes through, that we get changed by what his word says, not what our thinking puts on us. So see that now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all your power, for all that you did. I thank you that for the joy set before you, you went through the cross, you took those blows. You bore the pain, you bore the crown, you bore our wrong thinking Lord Jesus, I pray out of that strength and breakthrough for your church in this time, you'll bring change. Let that flow come from the cross for a breakthrough change in your people, in the minds of your people. And Jesus, I pray that that breakthrough change will flow from this building into our city, that the minds of people we speak to will be able to change. Lord Jesus, we pray for changed minds, changed way of thinking changed way of looking at the world and the harvest that comes from that
Actually, I just want to invite you to come join me at the front. Just no, no one needs to know what the pattern is or what's going on or whatever it is, but don't miss an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move and bring that breakthrough in your thinking that you're looking for. take the thorns out there's only good soil left thank you Lord Lord Jesus thank you your heart is to make your church good soil God that we can bear fruit this week God that we can sow and grow bear fruit this week in our lives in the lives of those we love